0: Hello, and welcome to the Content Minds. My name is Ryan Broderick. And uh, right before this uh, taping started, I was watching uh, another live version of Bring Me the Horizon, Plague with Ed Sheeran, Bad Habits. Because I'm morbidly curious about that song. So that's what I was doing right before it hit record today.
1: Cool. Uh, And I'm with Bailey, and I I was eating some dinner like a normal person. I don't know.
0: Do you have any thoughts about Ed Sheeran playing with the metalcore band Bring Me The Horizon to cover his song Bad Habits?
1: Just seems fine for all of them. I'm happy for everyone involved. They're all yeah. finding new
0: audiences. I think that's the key, right? It's all about finding new audiences. Yeah, if Ed all Sheeran
1: right. people end up being really into Bring Me The Horizon, then I, I think everyone's won.
0: <laughs> yep, that's right. Uh, let's get into it. content minds my name is ryan broderick and today we are talking about artificial intelligence this was uh, a topic that luke and i've been keeping a tab on all summer and i feel like we finally entered a frightening new stage of uh ai based content online but before we get to that hey luke how was the internet this week
1: Uh, This week, I think the internet has uh, lost the mandate of heaven.
0: You're going to have to really walk me through (laughs) all of that. Uh,
1: So this isn't really how the internet is this week, but uh, it is something I noticed earlier today. And I can't stop thinking about it because it's such an improbable and out of nowhere meme. Uh, Basically, people are doing memes about the mandate of heaven.
0: I don't even know if I've seen these.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're, they're not going massive they're like you know 700 retweets 1000 retweets i don't know where they're coming from but basically the mandate of heaven is a historical chinese concept that their emperors were emperors because they had the mandate of heaven uh kind of like like the divine right in the uk divine right of kings uh, but that was basically it, it was you know it legitimizes the rule of the, of the emperor of china and then i just i saw like multiple tweets about like doing numbers about the mandate of heaven which I found just incredibly strange because I was like, oh, I assume someone's done something funny about the Mandate of Heaven. But there's a there's a classic Seinfeld one. George entering the apartment. Well, I lost it. Jerry, lost what? George, the Mandate of Heaven. You lost the Mandate of Heaven? I lost the Mandate of Heaven. <laughs> Kramer bursting through the door in full imperial regalia. Hi, George. Uh I,
0: I, I searched this because I was curious and, uh, and the first thing I saw was she let me hit it because I have the Mandate of Heaven. <laughs> Right. Someone
1: else did this. So you've lost the Mandate of Heaven. Here are five steps to regain it quickly. A thread. And just, there's basically just a a load of memes about the Mandate of Heaven. And I cannot figure out why. And I don't think they've come from anywhere. My best guess is that there is a, there's been a cloud in China that had like, was really fun colors. You saw the cloud?
0: I've seen the cloud and it went viral. The cloud did go viral. It was
1: a good, it was a good cloud.
0: It was a really cool cloud. And I think people said it was related somehow to the Mandate of Heaven.
1: Right. But the Mandate of Heaven tweets around it didn't go that viral. Like, they were, you know, 100 retweets or whatever. And then for some reason, everyone's making jokes about the Mandate of Heaven.
0: Wow. Yeah, this is confounding. I had not seen any of these. I, I just saw another one that says, wet ass, the Mandate of Heaven. And someone says that their Mandate of Heaven posting? Yeah. Wow. But they go back, like, several days. Um, I'm seeing references to the Mandate of Heaven going all the way back last week. Huh. But also,
1: like, I can see that people have been doing it for a little while. And, like, it's clearly, it's like, it's a phrase that people use. It's like a kind of a long-running joke, but it seems to have broken out. I don't understand why it's broken out. I understand who's made it break out. And, like, also, occasionally people are just talking about Chinese history. So...
0: (laughs) It, it seems like it's all fairly serious tweets and references to the Mandate of Heaven up until that cloud goes viral. And then everyone's like, wow, that's a cool cloud. Uh, and it is. It, it is admittedly a very cool cloud. And then it seems like, honestly, the post that really pushed it over the edge was the Seinfeld post. Wow. And
1: I don't know
0: why. I honestly think it's because of the cloud. Yeah.
1: Wow. I mean, it, that's may fascinating. Also, it, may, it, it may also be the drought because a bunch of people said it about the drought, which is less oh. fun.
0: That is less fun. I think for the purposes of this show, let's say it's because of the cloud and the Seinfeld post.
1: Yeah, it's it's one of these things where it's just it's confusing and I don't understand it. But now everyone's talking about the Mandate of Heaven, which is fun.
0: That is fun. Speaking of Chinese technology, do you want to talk about the new uh, possible update that's rolling out on TikTok imminently?
1: Yeah, I'm curious about this because I always think it's fun to when these things like when these things happen before they happen. It's fun to figure out how we think uh, it's going to make things worse
0: oh yes
1: yeah basically tiktok are rolling out two kind of new things one is a uh location tag like so you can actually tag here's where i am uh, one is a nearby tag which makes it a lot more like snapchat so you can just say hey i'm at x festival i'm at x night out and you can see other people with tiktoks near you which yeah i think is interesting it is very very clearly eating snapchat's lunch which you know fine i think snapchat's I mean, it's not just one of the the, the, the networks that is a lot bigger than you think it is, but at the same time, it doesn't feel particularly vibrant anymore.
0: Snapchat? No, it's, I mean, it's huge still. But yeah, it's, it's fairly off the radar. What's interesting, though, about the TikTok features that are coming... And I actually want to, like, pull in a topic that we're, we also wanted to talk about this week, which was Twitter's Circles yeah. feature. They're both, like, very retro, which I think is really weird. Which is, and, and I feel like there's more examples of this out there, of these, like, social networks that have looped all the way around again, that they're doing, like, very old school features. Like, like TikTok saying, like, oh, you can find out where people are TikToking. Like, you know, that's a feature that's been a part of social media for, like, a decade. And I think it's just very interesting that we haven't like like the newest most innovative thing that's come out is the B real dual camera. But other than that it's just like recycling the same features over and over again in different versions.
1: Yeah, that it, it is really weird that that's how people do it. It's it's kind of like the um the joke about uh, how tech bros always constantly reinvent the bus. Right. But in this case everyone's just constantly reinventing FourSquare.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, to, to to your point about like the possible bad sides of this, like TikTok has a humongously bad like witch hunt, real life violence harassment problem. Yeah. And I imagine adding geotagging to TikTok content is just going to make that just out of control worse. But I do think it's interesting that TikTok is clearly trying to grow beyond what it is, but it's doing it in really weird ways. So like they're adding geotagging to videos, they're beefing up their search because they want to become like a search engine for Gen Z. They're like, they're trying to find ways to do the same formula, but in like a vastly different way. You're like coming at it from like a vastly different angle, which is interesting it makes me think that they're on to something, or they're, it's going to just be a thing they never reference again and just shut down in like six months.
1: Yeah, I, I think the, the kind of the witch hunt thing is obviously the this is where it gets very bad thing. The idea that someone does a bad thing on TikTok and then everyone can find them, which
0: is which is not good. No, it's not good.
1: This is the thing though. Every single app does this, where they become one thing and then they want to be other things, and then they try and become other things, and then they stop being the thing that they originally were, because like already. Have you have you ever logged into TikTok or logged into TikTok? Have you on, ever gone to TikTok on like an incognito browser to see what it gives you?
0: Yes. I, well, for instance, I don't follow anything on TikTok and I don't use the app, so I pretty much only use the app in desktop. But
1: logged in desktop.
0: Both. But it, it, it used to be much easier to view TikTok without being logged I'm, in. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna ask you to do it now, but genuinely go to TikTok in an incognito window now and see what content you're served because it is wild.
0: All right. So TikTok.com incognito what in god's name right it's a woman eating some kind of candy i've never seen before
1: hold on hold on hold one second is it this video
0: yes it is that video Debra Yawa.
1: It is a woman eating some sort of candy. So I've just yeah. done the same thing as you, where we've both gone to anonymously logged in TikTok, and this is a thing that TikTok has determined is like the thing that they want to show new users immediately.
0: Huh. A lot of it's like geo-targeted, but then I'm also seeing stuff that's like, I mean, this is um, this is a video of a of seemingly a it's a live video of a Russian guy drilling a hole into a toilet. That candy video I'm seeing.
1: I have a video of someone making a keyring. But yeah, there's clearly a bit of geo targeting, but it it is it is not good
0: content. It's garbage, which is really interesting. It's like it's absolute garbage. If you go on TikTok in incognito, that's really interesting. A lot of yeah. prank stuff.
1: Yeah, a lot of pranks. A lot of like hack videos. A lot of uh, people kind of like re ripping movie clips to put them into things. Yeah, a lot of like gross out. Weirdly, amount of gross out content. But yeah, it, it's this sort of thing where it's like I'm literally getting you know a Facebook woman putting eggs in a bag of Doritos and then filling it with chicken and roasting it or whatever it is. <laughs> and it's like, <sighs> I think TikTok is going to have this problem. I, the algorithm is powerful enough that it's probably going to keep this stuff out for a while, but it very soon, sorry, I have fireworks going off behind me. I, I have no idea why. But very soon, it's going to get into the same problem that Facebook's had, where this stuff just, it, you know, it, it breaks containment and suddenly this is what TikTok is.
0: Right. Yeah, I mean, I, I was when I was on it, there was a woman who took like a chicken, like a whole chicken, and she put it in her sink, and then like covered it in like, chocolate sauce. And I didn't watch the rest of it. Because that, that was all I needed. I was pretty satisfied. It, it is interesting that all of the bad video types that proliferate across other platforms are happening simultaneously on TikTok, but like in a much more aggressive way.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and I, I, I yeah, I think that you know, most people are not going to get this stuff. But, like, I'm getting popping videos now.
0: Oh, well, I want, that's what I want, because I'm a huge popper fan.
1: Sure. But, like, everywhere you go, eventually popping videos appear. And that's that's what you're looking at. And so, I, 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 yeah, when TikTok do this thing and they kind of diversify and do all, all these other bits and pieces, I always think they're probably doing the exact same thing that Facebook did on a quicker schedule, and the exact same thing that Instagram did, the exact same thing that, <laughs> that Tumblr did and kind of forgetting their core users in search of growth, and therefore making the overall product worse. And eventually, everyone will go to something else.
0: Well, this ties back into our larger conversation for for the week, and we'll get to it in a second. But the big difference is artificial intelligence. Uh, But before we get to that, I want to talk about another bad kind of video. So I sent you this today. It's a video from February that I will not name the family member who sent it to me, but I was sent it by a family member. <laughs> it's a really interesting format. So it's one of those, like, this teacher had a lesson plan that, like, made her rethink this, like, thing about modern society, like, copypasta kind of thing. Yeah. Except it's uh, an auto-playing Facebook video, and the words are put over stock images. So it's like someone went to, like, Shutterstock, found, like... Stock photos of this woman, and then started using these stock photos to tell this story. So it looks kind of like a Now This video or an AJ Plus video, but it's just like a piece of Facebook garbage. And it was—it's a super viral video. It was shared by an absolutely gargantuan page I've never heard of called Sad Chasm, which I, I believe is sad sarcasm. Not any—I think that's what that's supposed to mean.
1: Not not a not a sad orgasm.
0: Not some kind of sad orgasm. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, but the page has twenty million. 20 million followers and all of the like all the video content are videos like this where they've taken stock photos they've put like basic text over them and then instead of reading a terrible facebook chain letter you're watching six minutes of a terrible facebook chain letter which i find from a a structural perspective fascinating that like that's where that has that that has gone
1: yeah it's it's gotten quicker and easier and what Facebook's had for some years is whoever can make a product or a type of format slightly cheaper, just 10% cheaper, you know, worse actors, worse filming quality, easier to, quicker to put the, the 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 subtitles on, less work on the subtitles, all of this stuff wins. And it's just kind of a volume game. So what it means is you end up with pages like this that are just racing to the bottom. And this is, you know, this guy, sadcasm, this group are now beating out Darman, who we talked about like a year ago, who spent a bunch of time on coming up with these sorts of videos, but is now doing it like someone's been like, oh, I can do that, but I can put less work into it, and now I'm going to win.
0: Right. I, I think it's fascinating that like every single time one of these tech platforms creates this, uh, like a feature, <laughs> it's always touted as like, this is going to bring great quality content to our users. And it's like, no. What people are going to do is find the dumbest, laziest way to make the most amount of money out of it. And What's even, like, more upsetting is that, like, at least as far as Facebook audiences are concerned, like, the people there don't care. Like, it's just, it's all just people eating garbage. Yeah. And what's what's really interesting is uh, on this page, it says, welcome to the Facebook page, Sad Chasm, which is part of DigiHood Media. Every
1: single... Yeah, you're going to go down the rabbit hole on this one?
0: Uh, well, they're based in India and they, they honestly don't seem that interesting. They're just like a digital marketing company from India, but they have a bunch of case studies about how they use Facebook posts to get a lot of organic reach. And then they work with places like McDonald's and Warner brothers and porn dude, whoever porn dude is. No, but the thing that I did find interesting is that on this page, it says every single image in our sad chasm content is under licenses by by Shutterstock and other licensing sites, and then it follow. Then it has like a bunch of things being like we we own this content. So what I think is really fascinating is that like it, it's such a huge business for whoever's running this that like they're trying to make bad content, quote unquote, like low common denominator content, but they're doing it like as above board as possible.
1: Yeah, that is that is essentially. I mean, yeah, that's the entire thing. Yeah, they're very openly doing this without really a huge amount of, I don't know, I don't want to say effort, that's not quite right, but yeah, they found a really a really cheap way to do it and they're doing it and doing it and doing it.
0: Over and over and over again. They're posting like, God, like every hour almost, sometimes several times an hour. It, yeah, it's, I mean, it's no secret to us or anyone who listens to this show that like there's a ton of this stuff on Facebook and it's all really bad. But I do think that like there's something very dark, maybe, maybe it's dark. I'm not even sure if it's dark where it's just like an Indian content marketing company, like putting uh, like stock photos together to like tell like folk tales about like, you know, married couples and teachers and uh, I don't, I don't know. It's like, it's, it's a very weird thing that like shouldn't exist kind of maybe.
1: You always vaguely think that whenever you see one, it's kind of like, "Oh, there's something something here," and you watch it, and watch it, and you're like, "There's nothing here. There is not even an idea here."
0: Right? Yeah. It's all. It just gives me like a really funny feeling, like a funny bad feeling when I watch stuff like this, and especially when it's super popular.
1: As far as I can tell, there are four people behind it. There are four four guys behind it who are just kind of growth hacking their way to having a successful page.
0: I mean, they've done, it. I mean, they have 20, it's 20 million people. Um, so clearly they've, they figured. Yeah. It out. And
1: they have like eight oh nine pages. Like that's the biggest one, but yeah, they have a
0: lot. It looks like they, they are not doing so well on Instagram, which is also interesting. They only have about 2000 followers on Instagram, which I always yeah. find curious. Uh, and it's more growth hacky stuff. It's like a lot of just like viral images and minion memes and stuff like that.
1: It's yeah. I mean, it's super low rent, but you know, if you are producing that stuff, that, in that volume, then, yeah. Like, why? Why would you worry about any more? Apparently, they have a, a YouTube hundred thousand subscriber plaque. And I'm trying to figure out what the channel is because they've they've apparently done something there on YouTube. Yeah, they've they've got a one of their one of their Instagrams has like the plaque saying, "You got this." And like, ah, got it, got it, got it. Yeah, 170,000 subscribers for the YouTube channel, which is pretty sure all freebooted content from TikTok and Facebook Reels.
0: Ah, uh, well, that makes sense. Yeah.
1: And none of it's doing a huge amount of numbers, but
0: yeah. Yeah. I mean, it makes sense. It's like, uh, you know, a lot of these platforms, they want you to think that, you know, the content on it is all great. But I mean, at least as far as Facebook. Well, actually, no, I should say this. It's interesting that like they're not doing so well on other platforms, but Facebook, which is a platform that like no one seems to really care about anymore. uh, They're doing like incredibly well. It could also be a demographics thing. They also seem to be using videos from, like, the same girl in all of their YouTube videos.
1: Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if it actually is... Maybe it's not freebooted, and it's just they're kind of...
0: They just, like, hired a video woman?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, maybe it's, like, it's a friend or someone they know or something.
0: Yeah, no, I... But that's... I mean, that's very interesting. We I, That is something I've never seen before.
1: But also, maybe they're, maybe they're literally just ripping it from the same page.
0: Oh, uh, that is something that we've seen a few times now. Yeah. Hmm.
1: But yeah, they're all, like classic his four minutes long x person gets his revenge and then it's four minutes of them not getting their revenge and then their revenge is they have to i don't get out the car or something
0: yeah i saw one where she replaced toothpaste with mayonnaise Oof, that is sounds sounds like an epic prank
1: that does sound pretty epic
0: yeah i would love to do epic pranks you know on the internet yeah While these pages were created by human beings, they do feel a lot like artificial intelligence created content, which is what I really want to talk about this week. They do. So are you ready to go down the future science fiction-y spooky rabbit hole of AI and the future? Okay, cool. Let's do it. Let's do it. Right now, Luke, have you seen any AI created content that you know is created by an AI that you like find interesting or like or something? Anything has caught your eye? The thing that
1: got me was the one that came out this week, which was this TikTok of a creator saying that he was in fact created by AI and offering a really effective TikTok style rundown of all of the tools that, well, all of the tools that they're that she, the TikTok creator who claimed to be behind the AI person, was supposed to be AI, then it turned out that he was not AI. And actually, there was a meta prank on the idea Mm -hmm. that he clearly wasn't AI.
0: Right. It is a person, he is real, but another person claimed to have created him and used real and referenced real tools that do exist to try to prove that she had created this person who also does exist does that make sense yeah that makes sense yeah he's he's real he's a real
1: person i watched it and i was like oh man that's amazing and then got to the end and i was like i don't think that's real and then i checked and i was like it's not real but like it had me for the duration of the video
0: it had me at first i think i think the thing that like made me be like that's not real was the motion tracking stuff because like motion tracking technology just isn't good enough yet right
1: yeah no that makes sense in fact
0: like i this morning i watched a deep fake that someone made where they deep faked Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone's faces onto actors to do like a Enter the Spider Verse sequel where like Andrew Garfield Spider Man goes to a universe with Spider Gwen, right? And I was watching it, and in certain scenes it was like perfect, and then they would it would move in a way that was wrong. Even the Disney f- deepfakes on like Star Wars, are only good. In certain angles or, or in certain lighting, and then they just look awful. So the idea that like a TikToker could motion track an entire human body of a person that doesn't exist—that's uh, where I—that's where I was like, I don't think that's real. But up until that point, I was pretty much there.
1: I probably fell out in the voice, which materially changed. It was like I just put some effects on and just just a different voice. I was like, all right, sure. But I mean, it speaks to the kind of the most effective use of AI and deepfake technology, which is well, actually, no. The most effective use of it uh, is revenge, non-consensual porn of people. Remember,
0: remember non, yeah, non-consensual porn, revenge porn. That's what you're talking about? Yeah. 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 Exactly. Oh, I use I use AI technology to create hundreds of thousands of fake LinkedIn profiles.
1: Sure. Also good. Also good. They
0: don't, they're not doing anything. I just every day wake up and I uh, just generate profiles for fake people using fake faces. Sure, 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 sure.
1: But yeah, that's obviously the, the most damaging real world implication of it but then the secondary one is that it you are never quite sure what's real and that's kind of it you don't have to actually make the fake thing you can just say that the thing that someone else has made that's real is fake right uh, and that i think was the most effective that tiktok was a very effective demonstration of that to just be like this thing you think is real is fake and you go "Oh, okay so this sounds right and it doesn't need to be actually fake or not actually fake to have a now have doubt cast on it
0: yes we've i, I feel like in the last year perhaps Definitely since the pandemic, but I want I, w- I would say like in the last year, let's say, uh, we have crossed over a threshold, and now it is unclear. Like if someone tells me like this is was created by an AI, I'd be like, was it? Like is that possible? And and I'm having to do this more and more now, where I'm reading about stuff, and it'll say like AI technology, and it'll take me like several minutes to figure out if this is like bullshit or not. And I think a really good example of that is the uh, wildly racist quote-unquote AI rapper, FN Mecca. Did you hear about this?
1: I heard about it at surface level, but you may have to take me through it properly. So- just, FN... sorry, just before you do that, when we said revenge porn earlier, we meant image-based sexual abuse, which is what we should have called it in the first place. That was the name I forgot.
0: All three are used, but yes, I agree. So FN Mecca uh, stands for Factory New Mecca. It is a quote-unquote AI rapper created by a man named- <laughs> Is is, uh, is the
1: name is the name Mecca like a reference to the Japanese like the yeah. robots?
0: He's supposed to be a rapper. He has like cyborg parts on him, kind of. Okay, and he was created uh, by a man named Anthony Martini, which is a fantastic name for a man who used to be the lead vocalist of a New Jersey uh, rap metal group called. E-Town Concrete is that actually his
1: real name Anthony Martini that
0: is that is uh, the only name I could find for this guy is Anthony Martini damn and Anthony Martini um, who in his rap metal career his band did use the N-word and uh, they are all white right Uh, Right. Anthony Martini has this new project called Factory New which uh, this is what he describes that Factory New does We developed a proprietary AI technology that analyzes certain popular songs of a specified genre and generates recommendations for those various elements of song construction. Lyrical content, chords, melody, tempo, sounds, etc. We then combine these elements to create the song. As of now, a human voice performs the vocals, but we are working towards the ability to have a computer come up with and perform its own words and even collaborate with other computers as co-writers. And then they obviously were torn apart. FN Mecca was torn apart by a, an activist group which called it a digital effigy and a careless abomination, which is great. Sure. That is a great way to put it. And for several hours, it seemed like FN Mecca was signed to Capitol Records and then was dropped, <laughs> uh, which is also good. And, you know, there's lots of ethical conversations about creating an AI rapper. I think it's all also interesting to, to me at least that like most of the sort of experiments with this stuff are about rap. It's usually like a white person trying to uh, replace a black artist with an AI. But also I think the term AI rapper is a complete misnomer in this because I'm not convinced that this is AI. I'm not convinced that like I don't really know at what point this would be AI because I'm pretty sure a human is performing it. There doesn't seem to be any sort of motion tracking going on with that person. It's not like a gorilla's concert where you're watching some kind of hologram move around,
1: but, it, but even with that, that's it's a pre-recorded hologram. Sure. Like if you use AI as a kind of a, a way to fill in gaps or create something that was not there, I think that is the use of AI. Like it is creating a new thing, even if the inputs you're giving it are like very regimented. If you're saying like, "Hey, uh, move around in a fun, dancy way," and it moves around in a fun, dancey way, the specific movements are the v- result of AI. If you're just saying like, "Hey, raise your right hand," it raises its right hand. That's not AI.
0: Right. And I'm not convinced. Also, that like using some kind of algorithm to like sketch out common elements of a rap song is really even AI either. Like I don't like I. I think this Anthony Martini guy wants us to imagine that he's got like this big supercomputer that he's like, give me uh, a Chicago drill song. Okay, now give me like an emo trap song. Like I think that's what he wants us to think is happening. I don't think that is true. And I'm no. saying that from my own experience with. Music making AI. In fact, like right before this recording today, I was messing around with a program called XO, which I've written about in garbage day, which is basically it analyzes your computer for drum samples. And it has like some random buttons that let you like create random drum patterns. And I was messing around with them to see what it could do. And it's, it's not that smart. It's not as smart as I thought it was. Like it it can make random drum patterns, which sound like dog shit if you don't know (laughs) how to fit them together. And it also has a bunch of presets that you know it can produce a brazilian house song and then you can replace the individual drum hits with other individual drum hits but it's not like it's it's not like i can ask an ai to give me a full song yet the only example i found of this actually do you know about the uh the algorithmically generated death metal youtube channel no so this is very funny it is a youtube channel uh that streams a computer generating death metal patterns 24 hours a day And some of it's good, and some of it sounds terrible. Uh, And some of it, like, clearly sounds like a computer trying to generate death metal songs. But we're just not there yet, which I think is really interesting, though, that what I do think is really interesting, though, is that, like, these companies are trying to make it sound like we're there because they know there's a lot of money and a lot of attention to be had by claiming that you've created some sort of AI thing.
1: Yeah, it's like the new thing. It's the way to get attention. Actually, the... I think the most interesting use of AI that I've seen, and I'm desperately trying I'm desperate to remember who wrote this, but uh, there was basically a writer who said that they used AI in, in one of their projects because what they'd done is that they're, when they're having trouble trying to like break a story or break a scene or something, they would feed in elements to an AI and they just read what the AI spat back to them. And obviously it was, like, often garbage, but often there was, like, a kernel of, and, like, a new idea in there. That they were like, oh, that is interesting. I hadn't thought of that. And that often sometimes helped them break the scene. So even though they didn't use anything that, that the AI produced, they kind of, like, were using it as, like, a, a, almost like a sounding board to bounce ideas off, which I thought was super interesting.
0: That is a perfect segue into our <laughs> next section, which is what AI can actually do and how people are actually using it. Awesome. So, have you seen the AI prompt marketplace? It's really fascinating. No, I have not. So, I'll send it to you because it is super weird. It is a marketplace that someone created that does not sell AI. <laughs> it sells the prompts that are put into an AI. Oh. So this uh, this is a marketplace for buying and selling human written text prompts that you could feed to Dolly, GPT 3, and Midjourney, which are all different kinds of AI. And it is really fascinating because I think it I think is actually like a very a very instructive way of thinking about this stuff, which is that the AIs don't particularly communicate with human beings very well. And so there's already now a cottage industry of human beings that are offering to communicate with the AIs for other human beings, which I think is really fascinating.
1: They have an extremely fun sci-fi novel based around the idea of, like, priests of the computer, who are the yeah. only ones who are allowed to talk to the computer.
0: Well, you know what this immediately reminded me of? What? SEO. SEO managers.
1: Okay. Uh, I don't quite see that, but sure.
0: (laughs) Well, okay. so for for people who don't know, like uh, most news websites, most websites, but most news websites especially have someone on staff whose job it is to uh, create search engine optimized tools and features for the articles to make sure they're seen by Google. What is that other than a person whose job is to interface with a computer?
1: Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, so I would have put that the other way around in that their job is to interface with another human through a computer. Like, they're trying to connect to humans via a computer. Sure. So, uh, But I, I get where you're coming
0: from. And, it, you know, it's, it, it is it is kind of like that Isaac Asimov idea of, like, in the future, we're all just, uh, like, robot caretakers. Like, like we take care of the robots that then run the world. But it, it is fascinating to see this I'm stuff.
1: sorry, what Isaac Asimov story is that? All of them. No, that's not how the we are getting into this? <laughs>
0: uh, it's all of them. Uh, as someone who's read almost none of them, that's all of them. Um, <laughs> as somebody's read
1: almost all of them. It's none of them.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but I think that like it's very funny and interesting that it just popped that it's it's already happening. Like people are saying, like, pay me and I'll talk to this robot for you, and and I think it also leads to like a really good example of how people are using AI in a way that I find really cool, which is kind of what you're talking about, which is. The you know, the artists or the writers who, or the marketing people, I suppose, who are having an AI generate 10,000 ideas that are all probably bad, but they can generate 10,000 ideas in four minutes, whereas it might take a human team of people to generate 50 ideas in six hours. So it's like you can <sighs> speed it up really fast.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and then you're kind of looking at something because, I mean, it's that thing of attempting, like one of the hardest things to do and the thing that you say, oh, no, no computer will ever be able to do this is um, inspiration, essentially, like getting inspiration from somewhere, having inspiration that's like, you know, bolt from the blue. Oh, my God, I got the idea. Because, you know, you always see it from those random things, like it happens when you're brushing your teeth or, or, or whatever you're doing. But the idea of being able to like, okay, now what we're going to do is we're going to actually be able to turbocharge the amount of information that's coming in that you could potentially give you inspiration from. And we're going to use a computer to do that. And then we leave the we speed up the inspiration process,
0: which I do right. think is interesting. I use an AI to generate a design for you and me. Actually, when we were on break, I was uh, I just I didn't have time to like create a logo for our summer <laughs> series, so I went into the Mid Journey AI Discord, which I was a part of, and I asked Mid Journey to uh, I have the prompt right here: a skeleton on vacation at the beach. And it generated four examples of this. You can see them on our podcast profile now. Instead of picking one, I just screenshot all four and put it there because I thought that looked kind of cool. And I, you know, I credited Midjourney in the in the show notes, but it was great. It instead of me having to screw around with Photoshop for way too long, I got something almost kind of like what I was imagining. Not really, but kind of. And it was like abstract enough where I was like, "Oh, that's kind of neat too, in its own way."
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know why acquired like. In all these versions, the skeleton acquired a lot of legs, and I don't understand where that came from.
0: Well, clearly this AI wishes that we, human beings, had more legs.
1: That's good. I'm sure that won't come back to haunt us in any way.
0: Yeah, when exactly. When
1: this AI takes over
0: the world. Well, I mean, it is funny that when we're messing around with this stuff, Maybe it's because
1: you didn't say human skeleton.
0: Oh, I didn't say human skeleton. That's true. Huh. That's unnerving. I don't like how unnerving that is. Actually, <laughs> what kind of skeleton was it drawing, Luke?
1: It's drawing a skeleton that was halfway between a human and halfway between all other skeletons.
0: Yeah, that's that's probably true. I just think no, the robot thinks that we should have more bones. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> so another example of of this idea, which I think is once again pretty neat, is I've seen a lot of artists on Tumblr, in particular, creating like cartoons based off of scripts written by GT, uh, GPT-3, the, the text AI.
1: Yeah, which, I mean, again, it's that sort of thing of, you know, if you're an artist and you want to practice a lot, a really helpful thing is to have to draw really random things. Because, like, you know, if, you, if you're if you like, hey, I'm, I'm an artist and I like to draw cats and I'm only ever drawing cats, as soon as you need to draw a dog, you're like, I don't know what I'm doing. But if you're doing that thing and it's like, hey, now you need to draw a fan, now you need to draw a glass, now you need to draw a, a car driving off a cliff, like, then you're kind of getting that thing of doing weird things and being more, and like, yeah, adding more imagination, but also practicing different things.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, I guess like this kind of leads me to the big question I've been kind of wrestling with, which is, so you and I, we've talked about algorithmic content. That's kind of like the, what the whole show's about. Yeah one of the the best ways to think about the stuff that we talk about on this show what stuff like that stock photo video from the first half or the videos on TikTok in general is that those pieces of content were created specifically to be favored by some kind of algorithm so what we know about these algorithms is limited obviously because it's like a trade secret but we can say pretty authoritatively that facebook's algorithm emphasizes content that's shared to you by your friends your family the pages you follow, and the groups that you're a part of. So what you're seeing in your Facebook feed is some kind of uh, alchemy that combines those things together. It's
1: humans humans talking to humans through a machine.
0: Yes. On Instagram, it seems to be more focused on a combination of hashtags, your location, once again, what your followers are sharing, what the people you're following are sharing. Uh, On Netflix, we've talked about this, you seem to be put into some kind of bucket And then every action that you take within the Netflix platform moves you into different kinds of user buckets, which then determines what you're seeing. And then on TikTok, which is the most sophisticated of these algorithms, which is possibly bordering on a full-on artificial intelligence, at least ByteDance wants to kind of act like it is. Sure it is doing a much more sophisticated version of this alchemy. So it's, it's taking into effect trending audios. It's taking into effect trending hashtags, the content you follow, the content you're watching, the amount of time that you're watching it for. It seems to be a much more sophisticated mix of things that it's analyzing. So taking all that into consideration, do you think that like we're getting close to a point where an AI is going to produce a piece of content, or someone's going to produce a piece of content with an AI that is so, like, bizarre and weird that we like it, but it's, like, not human anymore.
1: I mean, I think we're very much into kind of an uncanny valley with this. And to be honest, this sounds an awful lot like what happened with uh, the chess computer Deep Blue, which, when it first attempted to beat... uh, I'm going to simplify this a lot, uh, and people who are familiar with the story will be like, this isn't quite right. But essentially what happened is that Deep Blue was chess computer that lost to gary kasparov a bunch like oh no oh, God. i'm trying to remember exactly what combination it was it was a computer before that maybe it was called deep thought deep thought lost a lot then they brought in deep blue deep blue blue lost uh and then finally after a while they kind of kept adding stuff to deep blue and made it win but really the the way that it <laughs> um the way that it won and i always think this is like fascinating is that in one of the games of their match the computer acquired a bug which stuck into a loop uh, and as a result it took a brand completely random move and gary kasparov on the other side was like this intelligence is so much superior to me i don't even know what it's doing and basically lost the game as a result uh, and and ended up losing the rest of his the series he says it wasn't because of this but it seems pretty clear that he was winning then the computer did something so weird and so unexpected. He was like, I'm playing against an intelligence that's so much higher than mine that he freaked out and lost the games. Oh, wow. Yeah, exactly. Also during this period, IBM, which ran Deep Blue, were making changes to the programming between games to make sure that like the mistakes they saw in previous games they would fix in the next program. So rather than him playing one program throughout the course of eight or nine games or whatever, uh, he was playing a different program each time and he didn't know that. So I think, I, th- I think what that story how this relates back to AI is that, I've had, A, I think people see, often find intelligence in AI that they don't necessarily, they don't understand, so they think it's smart when in fact it's random. Uh, and I don't think randomness obviously randomness can produce art or content, but it can't necessarily produce it that's, that's really meaningful and really, really good. And secondly, if humans are involved at some point, those humans are making decisions that that mechanically changed the art like, and they changed the content. So when you're going to look at AI produced content, what you're really looking at is a human filtered version of it. And it is probably the human bits that are interesting, not the AI bits.
0: Yes, that sounds very right to me. And it reminds me a lot of this guy I, I got into a conversation with many years ago, whose son, I think I've ta- talked about this on the show before, but his like, five-year-old son got super into a YouTube channel that would just play like a nine hour loop of different trains (laughs) and the trains were all CGI with different colors. And the kid would become like agitated if he couldn't look at the train video. And it was like an algorithm had produced this like thing that was like very addictive to this little boy, which I found very interesting and creepy.
1: Yeah, that is interesting. And yeah, I think, yeah, it's the relationship between humans and the art that's created, which I think is ultimately on the other end at some point, sort of art. And I know that's not quite how AI works, but AIs are ultimately well, all AIs that we're aware of are ultimately human human designed. So I always think that there are elements of that in there, regardless of how you kind of like build it separately.
0: Yeah, I agree. Do you wanna see two pieces of AI art that I generated while we were podcasting today? Let's do it. Okay, so uh I need a I think I need help with prompts because I'm I'm not good at prompts. But before today's episode I uh, I I I got my Midjourney subscription all how, set up. How long do these take? How long do these take to generate? I was able to generate two different prompts in the time that it took you to talk about the chess story. Okay, so that that should give our listeners a sense of like how fast this is. And each of these prompts produces four images. So the first one is very simple. I just asked Midjourney to draw the content mines, and what it drew. Is uh, a, a vaguely horrifying photo of what looks like uh, a fantasy uh, landscape of like gross bug pods, which I think is kind of interesting. Like, oh, that's good in a cave.
1: That's good. I like this. Yeah, this is how I think of the content lines.
0: So that photo, that picture was pretty good. I was like, it's also
1: it's it's really good. There, might, yeah, there, might, there are some photos of some caves. The caves are full of yellow bug pods or what looked like maybe larvae like bugs maybe yeah and then the up, upper two photos have a shot basically of a of a a cavern a hole going downwards uh, and then some big smoke stacks behind them one of which is buildings one of which is uh, some sort of mountain termite hill um, but yeah very accurate to the concept of the content lines.
0: yes uh, the next so i was like ooh okay that like that worked pretty well so i tried a more specific prompt and i i asked it to draw a man with short brown hair and a brown beard podcasting with a man with long white hair and a black beard. Oh, dear. And it got a little confused. And what it seems like it did was combine us into some kind of NPR host that looks like Alan Moore.
1: Oh, yeah. No, it's combined us into one person, but again, in a very interesting way. Yeah. It's got so, so what it's generated is it's generated uh, four people, three of the images of people have just. One person in with no mic in. The fourth of the images has a person in with a mic in, which is good. There is something extremely Soviet leader about all of the images. It is it is what would have happened if it is this is if the Soviet Union happened in Middle Earth. Yeah, which has always been my aesthetic. So
0: weird. I I I sort of looked at it and thought it reminded me a little bit of like Star Trek characters. Like it kind of looks like if we were the same older weird man who was like, it it looks like a logo of about a podcast about Star Trek to me.
1: I can see that. Yeah. So one thing that people have said about this is that the number one thing you need to tell the thing is not so much what it's drawing, but what style it's supposed to draw it in. Like if you say photorealistic, it radically changes how well it does it. And if you also say like with x camera it will also it's also really really good because that metadata is on like every photo so it has like a huge database to pull from um which is really interesting
0: well let's try it let's try uh let's try photorealistic so we'll do photorealistic the content mines.
1: no 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 you need to do a photorealistic image of mines where workers produce
0: content ah okay that's a great uh, you're very good at this so mid-journey's going to work let's let's see what happens
1: You know, I really like all of these photos of this artwork of us as podcast hosts. They are, I don't know, there's just like four, I don't know, I feel like all four of these images is just me at the next four stages of my life.
0: Honestly, they <laughs> it, it, it looks more like you than it looks like me. Um, it didn't. Yeah, no. It, yeah. One of them kind of looks like Adrian Brody.
1: Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I'm with you. I know it's the beard throws me off, but yeah. I genuinely might make all of these my Twitter profile photo because <laughs> they're just great.
0: We're at seventy eight percent done. Almost at ni- okay ninety six. It didn't get photorealistic the way I thought it would. No, but I'll I'll show you it. It's I mean it got a little closer, but and weirdly it's still it still understands content as like some sort of gross larva pod, which I think is very funny. <laughs>
1: it's extremely accurate.
0: So yeah, that's the uh, that's the photorealistic one. So this time it generated something that looks a little closer to like a lumber mill. Okay. And it it made us like a more modern content mine, which I think is interesting. Yeah,
1: yeah. I mean, so you'd have to explain to me which one Mid Journey is, because basically my understanding is, is that there's like a cheap accessible one, which everyone uses, and a one that's really very good that makes like incredibly realistic images.
0: So Dolly is the really good one. And Dolly has a super expensive paid version that is invite only. And then there's a beta of Dolly as well. That's also invite only that I'm still not a part of. Right. Okay. And that one seems to be much better at generating photos. And a lot of the early memes that people were sharing was of Dolly. Mid-Journey, in my opinion, seems to be better at reproducing like art. It, seem, it seems to have a more artistic bent to it. Yeah. I will say, and I feel like we haven't addressed this yet, and we should, but I also want to put some caveats on it because I totally don't get I totally don't have a great understanding of how accurate this is, but recently over the summer, a lot of artists have been complaining about art AIs and saying that they're essentially sucking up art across the internet and reproducing artists' work without them. And like, there's already been a couple examples of people using an art AI when maybe they shouldn't have and then getting in trouble on Twitter for it. And like, there's a whole conversation we had about crediting artists and replacing human artists with AI. I don't know enough about how these AI work to say that they are, you know, scouring Google images and turning that stuff into data, which is then spit back out. I don't know.
1: No, but you can, you, you can see elements of it. Like looking at this one here, there are some distinct elements of kind of, I'm going to say German romantic style. Like it's, there's like a lot of kind of like interesting hills, good fields, good clouds, which I kind of think is a little bit like that. So it's, you can see influences there, like it's pastiche almost. But it's pastiche on industrial scale, which I can understand why people are then unhappy with it.
0: Yes, I can too, and I and I, I get the fear of it. Uh, I think that like a lot of kind of popular forms of creativity will probably be replaced by this stuff, or at least aided by this stuff, very fast. I think there's a whole world where uh, wire copy in journalism is slowly replaced with parts of a text AI. I think you could already, you know, you can already start to see that, how that could happen, where like uh, descriptions of people would be auto-generated. Like, you know, an AI could tell you who Emmanuel Macron is in like a wire story about a French president. You could see that with um, also, I think, a lot of pop art that's featured in marketing materials or uh, even in like magazine pieces, that sort of like abstract pop art stuff that a lot of digital outlets do. I've seen newsletter writers use these as well, you know, smaller scale people who can't afford uh, a human artist, and those are complicated questions. It is interesting. Those are co- there's, yeah, it's just like a complicated dilemma. Uh, I don't typically use a, an art AI for garbage day, but I have thought about it. I mean, why not? To a certain degree, I'm I'm a, I'm am i I'm a team of one. So yeah, it's I mean it's tricky,
1: isn't it? Because that thing of like, well, I wouldn't use. <laughs> I mean, God, it's like it's like basically all unionized labor thing. It's like, well, I wouldn't do this. I wouldn't put art, I wouldn't commission artists because I don't have the funds, or that's not where my funds go. So I'll do it for free. But equally it's that same thing of like, you know, that's why you don't work for free, because even if you can, someone else can't, and then you're lowering the market for everyone. So right. it is complicated.
0: Yeah, like does using an AI make you a scab or some kind of like I mean, I don't know. Uh, I, I know that the mid journey subscription I bought today is ten dollars a month and each of these generations cost one cent. Not even actually point okay. zero. One cent. Uh, will I screw around with it some more? Probably. But also at the same time, like I think there's a limit to this stuff for now. I, and I, I guess like the, the larger question on the horizon that we have to kind of table for the, today is just that like this stuff's going to get really good, really fast, but it's still not going to get as good as fast as a lot of scammers want you to think it is. No. And so we're sort of stuck in this weird middle ground where there's probably people using AI to help them do all kinds of creative, like creative work online that you don't even know about yet. And it's also like a really thin line between, you know, a YouTuber getting popular with the YouTube algorithm <laughs> versus an artist generating 10,000 ideas with an AI. Like, it's, it's a really slippery line. It is. It is. We're already kind of doing it. Like, Luke and I spent a decade, the better part of a decade together, optimizing content to be shared on algorithms for a, a, a media publisher is that that much different than figuring out the right prompt to get the right design out of an AI? I'm not sure. No. <sighs> Tricky one. Cool. I think we <laughs> solved right. that. We solved it. Let's 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 move on. Hey Luke, did you consume any content this week to stay sane? Yeah, let's talk about some Game of Thrones. Let's talk about Game of Thrones. I'm really excited to talk about Game of Thrones. Are we,
1: are we still going to call it Game of Thrones or should we be calling it House of the Dragon?
0: I'm going to call it Game of Thrones. I think it's okay to call it Game of All Thrones. Uh, yeah, let's let's go over to our other show uh, and talk about Game of Thrones. If you want to hear that, you can go to thecontentminds.com and subscribe. And that will give you access to a little bonus show we do every week, which we call Post Post Credit Scene. It's a little exclusive thing for uh, paying listeners who support the show. So thank you very much for that if you, if you support the show. And... Um, it, go to your podcast app of choice and uh, review the show as if you are an artificial intelligence. Let's see what that looks like. I don't know what that means, but give it a shot. <laughs> and I want to thank Seven Morris for editing this week's show and making it sound all nice and lovely in your ear holes. And uh, we will see you next week. Say goodbye.
1: See you. Bye. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Bye. <laughs>